Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So yesterday um, I saw, as I was sitting in the jurors, uh, you know, uh, lounge uh, downtown, um, I saw a lot of people tweeting some very nice things about Peter King, the longtime NFL reporter, columnist, Hall of Fame voter, um, because his weekly column, that Monday morning quarterback column, uh, was to be his last. He's retiring. For whatever reason, I thought he announced his retirement like a year or two ago, but whatever. Um, You know, real quickly on Peter King, you know, clearly when you have covered the league for 44 years and you've done it um, in in a way in which people, and, and I'm telling you, the compliments being paid by his contemporaries and people older and younger and people around the league it had to make him feel good yesterday look as a skins fan a lifelong skins fan um i know and i didn't mention this on my podcast yesterday thank you paulie thank you neil thank you everybody that tweeted me and said how couldn't you have mentioned in talking about peter king that you know he was essentially one of the people responsible for keeping Art Monk out of the Hall of Fame for as long as Art Monk was out of, out of the Hall of Fame. Art Monk should have been in the Hall of Fame much sooner. Um, but yeah, uh, the combination of Peter King's um, not feeling that Art Monk had had a Hall of Fame-worthy career, along with his position on the name specifically, always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I would not take anything away from him professionally as a writer and a reporter and a columnist. Anybody that has that kind of 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 longevity in that business, you've had one hell of a career and you've done a lot right. For me, in addition to the Monk thing, I just remember specifically he made a massive deal out of coming out publicly and saying he would no longer use the Redskins name in any form, whether it was as a broadcaster or as a writer. That was roughly 10 years or so ago. And I just felt at the time, you know what? You could have just stopped using the name. Like, you know, that that was a scattered around the league thing. You know, there was an occasional broadcaster that wouldn't use the team name. They would just refer to them as Washington, you know, first down Washington, touchdown Washington. Um, 
and rather than bringing attention to why they were doing it, they just did it. And so it often got overlooked. If you were really paying attention to it, you may have noticed, but it wasn't that big of a deal. And I, I just felt like after 30 plus years of having no issue using the name, that it was somewhat performative um, in the moment. Uh, that wasn't the word used back then. That would be the word used today. But it was a little bit too much of bringing attention to himself. And then he was on the station Shortly after the Washington Post poll in 2016 that had nine out of 10 Native Americans saying that the name was not offensive, and he admitted, and I I can't remember, he was not on with me, he wasn't on with Cooley and me or Tommy and me, it would have been Cooley and me at that point, it was sometime 2016, I I think it may have been Zabe that he was on with, Um and, you know, basically Zabe asked him, are, you know, given your uh, opposition to the name, are you surprised at the results of the poll? And he said, I'm very surprised. Uh, but then he made a comment. And I remember, you know, the following day that I was on the air playing it and just saying, he, he essentially said something to the effect that while the results of the poll were very surprising to him, you don't make moral decisions on polling because polling will never favor the minority vote. It was something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And I just remember saying the next day, but that poll was a poll of the minority. That poll only included Native Americans. There were no non-Natives polled. Now, we know since 2016 there have been a lot of people Uh, that have picked apart that post poll, you knew that would come, and some of it justifiably so, some of it perhaps, you know, hyperbole, and they've held up other polls that have reflected, you know, a different percentage, whatever. The name's gone now. It's, it's, It's history. But I just remember thinking, you know, this is not a dumb guy. This is a guy that's paying attention. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, your, your moral decisions should be based solely on polling. And I understand the idea that polling sometimes doesn't favor the minorities that are polled because they're the minorities in the polling, except that this was a poll of only Native Americans. And it just, like, I think it was Zabe that pushed back and he just didn't, it didn't register. Um, But look, as an NFL writer, Peter King's one of those guys that will be remembered uh, very fondly and is a good one. And I've read that Monday morning quarterback column by him over the years. He's always had some really interesting stories and tidbits in there. And he, he had a lot of access. Players and coaches really respected him. You get better stuff typically when you've got an audience that, you know, likes you and is willing to open up. And I always felt he was able to do that. But there were a couple of things that he wrote in his final column that I wanted to point out. I thought they were interesting. He does this thing, for those of you that have read his column over the years, the 10 things that I think, the things that I think, Um, and number seven on the things that I think was he wrote, I think I won't miss mock drafts, busy work, waste of time, blight on football planet. One mock draft the week before the, the week of the draft or close to it after listening to sources and people you trust in the game, fine. And even good mock drafts in February, laughable. You don't know anything mock drafts in October worse because you don't have any idea who's picking where. What a total waste of time. 
I laughed when I read that because I do think he's spot on, and I think that there are many in the NFL media that are asked to do these mock drafts that are just like, are you serious? It's it's June or it's October or it's you know February. Um, now, the people that actually do them as part of their job, the Kuypers and the McShays of the world, I'm not talking about those people. But I do think the point here is that it's great. It's a great source of conversation, but the accuracy or the projections are not based on anything substantial except for that person's own evaluation. So it's really about the evaluation of the players that is more interesting rather than the placement of the players. And, you know, even the evaluation of the players, as my, the guy that tweeted me, Ed, which I read in the last, in the opening segment of the show, I mean, everybody's got a different opinion on all these players. So you just have to, you know, lean on the people that you've determined you can trust in their evaluation. Um, and that ends up being the interesting um, part of it. Hey, Ben Standig's a multi-time mock draft champion. Uh, so we will listen to Ben's uh, final mock draft in April. Um, Then there was this from Peter King. All right. He wrote, I think I have five quick thoughts about the near future. And here was the one that I wanted to read. I suppose the bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. Would I say the Bears could keep Justin Fields, trade the first pick down once or twice, and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend? Suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, which would take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second round pick, and a 2025 first round pick in return. Then suppose Ryan Poles traded the second pick overall to Atlanta at eight and the Falcons picked uh, the Falcons picked one of the other quarterbacks and in return Chicago would have gotten a haul that would have included essentially nine picks in the first two rounds of the next two drafts which he writes instant infrastructure. Now he says I don't know anything. It's just kind of a hunch that he has. But Peter Schrager at Fox reported something similar Sunday night, Monday morning, saying slow down on the notion that the Bears are picking Caleb Williams over Justin Fields, that you know Ryan Poles is on a fact-finding mission this particular week and moving forward, and that perhaps no decision's been made. So there seems to be some momentum back towards potentially the Bears keeping Fields and trading the pick. But I thought that one of the interesting things, and we can get back to this later on in the show, is what King suggested the compensation for moving up one spot would be. It would be next year's first and one of Washington's second round picks in this year's draft. Remember, Washington has their own, which is number 36 overall, and they have Chicago's second round pick in the trade for Montez Sweat, which is number 40 overall. And I thought to myself, if Caleb Williams in their mind's eye is the only quarterback worth taking in the top three, and they believe that there's big separation between Caleb Williams and then Jaden Daniels and Drake May, that's not a lot to move up one spot. It certainly wouldn't be if Caleb Williams turned out to be the guy. 
Like, if they are convinced that Caleb Williams is the guy and Chicago's open to trading the pick, and they essentially have to give up a second and next year's first to move up one spot, I would not be opposed to them doing that at all. In fact, not that I would consider it to be inexpensive, but it wouldn't be historic as had been reported a few weeks ago in terms of the haul. I think ultimately, if Chicago is open to trading that pick, it's got, it's, as I, I've mentioned before, it's not the Jimmy Johnson trade chart. You're not using that chart to determine it. You're using what the market says, and that will be determined based on how much demand there would be. I would imagine that there would be more than one team interested in moving up to number one if they made it available, which means now you've got demand and they can leverage that. But if he's right about next year's first, this year's second to move up one spot, I would do I would be totally in favor of them doing that if if they had the quarterback that they were going to take at number 1 presumably Caleb Williams way higher on their board than Daniels, May, McCarthy, Penix, Nix, Spencer Rattler, you know, Joe Milton, anybody else, <laughs> Leah Tungavailoa, anybody else you want to throw into the mix. I wouldn't be opposed to that. My feeling, personally, Denton and I have talked a lot about this, and we're kind of in agreement here. We both think that Jaden Daniels is probably – well, I do. Maybe Denton doesn't feel the same way about the distance between Daniels and May. I actually think Daniels is much closer to Williams than May is to Daniels. So, to me, there are two guys that are worthy of number one or number two, which means I wouldn't trade up. I wouldn't give up compensation because I'd feel like at two, I'm going to get a guy that's super high on my board. But I have no idea what they think. We're going to learn a lot this week. By the way, today, this morning, Adam Peters is speaking in Indianapolis. Later on today, Dan Quinn is speaking in Indianapolis. And as far as I know now, unless this has been updated, Denton, Daniels and Williams are not throwing at the Combine. They are there for the 15-minute meet and greets with the teams. And Drake May, has he made up his mind as to whether or not he's throwing? He will not be throwing. There you go. So the top three guys aren't going to do anything. I actually would love if those guys showed some fearlessness and said, I'm a quarterback. This is the Indy Combine. You're here to see me throw. Yeah, you're going to get to see that on a pro day, but I'm not afraid. This is what I do. You can watch it. I guarantee you most of their agents would tell me that I am insane, and I understand that position. Like, why risk it when you're pretty much a lock to be a top three pick or a top five pick or whatever? Um, But, I don't know, there's a competitive part of this that I think – would uh, probably please some of the NFL teams to see these guys throw. Um, Anyway, if they go one, two, and three in this draft, it'll be just the fourth time that it's happened in the modern NFL post-merger era. Uh, It's only happened three times the quarterbacks have gone one, two, and three. Up next, Ben Brown is with Sumer Sports, the same group that Eric Eager is with. He's going to join us next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. <laughs> 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 